Good morning, or good evening, or whenever you're watching this. I know it's kind of weird to say that. You're gonna, it's bright and early here, but uh, who knows when people are watching? I imagine this. it's 3 a.m. and somebody can't sleep <laughs> right. and they need a, no, something to put them to sleep. No welcome. way. It's like it's yeah. it's 1 a.m. and they're ready to go to bed and they're like, wait, I haven't watched Sermon Extra. That's yet. exactly <laughs> what it is. I can't <laughs> go to sleep without watching this. Yes, yes. And so here we are. Uh, we are in the Monday before. Christmas, which is always an exciting time. It sneaks up on you so fast. Well, this year has been strange, too, because, you know, I I said at opening worship yesterday, we won't have four (laughs) candles lit until Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Now, some churches are having their fourth Advent service in the morning with Christmas Eve in the afternoon, evening. But not us. Not Sleep us. Sleep in. We are. We I'll are, come see us yeah. later. I'll come in early and light that fourth candle. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Take some pictures of that and send I it I will do that. I'll yeah. put it on social media. And yeah. <laughs> then we can have our but, but no, Christmas it just it, it did. It, it snuck up. It just feels like a shortened season. And then it, that's going to kind of tie over to... Ash Wednesdays oh, right at the beginning so of February. Yeah, it's weird year. Yeah. It's just a weird year. Yeah. And then next year, I think, is leap year. So right. I think everything is like, it's not going to be Christmas Eve on Monday. I think Christmas Eve is on. Don't, don't write that in stone. I'm yeah, not sure. I'm not looking right. at the calendar, but I think it's right. I yeah. think it's right. Well, fantastic. Well, we are, we have the ser- third sermon yeah. of our God Gave series. Mm-hmm. Pastor Dustin, thank you for uh, leading us through that message. Yeah, you're welcome. So it's been a good series. It has been. Um, just to kind of refresh for everyone too, if they're wondering, um, I'll just read kind of the first part of the text. And then I had something that didn't make it into the sermon, but I thought both Pastor John and Pastor Andy would appreciate because it speaks to both of their sermons mm. from the previous week. So, uh, blessed is the one, this is Psalm 32, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. So I was, um, one of the readings that I had gone back to again, and this is from the book, uh, Beloved Mess, God's Perfect Love for Your Perfect Life. Uh, and the author, she's sharing how in the book, she says, I'm going to talk about grace, grace, and more grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the theme from two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but then Andy also talked about love and how love, there needs to be both grace and Truth, Truth. when it comes from God. Um, But she says, the grace that I'm talking about is not a God looks the other way kind of grace, which is a common misunderstanding of grace, but rather the grace of the gospel. Grace is not about God looking the other way, but rather about him looking directly at us (laughs) and seeing every good work that his son, Mm -hmm. Jesus, has done on our behalf. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just... Good clarification. Yeah, that yeah. is, and, well, and because so often when you think of yeah. God looking at you, you think He sees all the bad I've done, yeah. instead yeah. of seeing all the good that's, that's that Jesus has done. Jesus. Yes. right. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's why we say when when God does look at us, He He sees Jesus. He mm-hmm. sees mm-hmm. the righteousness. But I, I I think was it Bonhoeffer the quote mm-hmm. that you had mm-hmm. yesterday the the seriousness of sin or yeah. was that the there was two quotes that you had. One of them was from. Um, Henry, Dave, well, Henry Nowen, but it was yeah. I think Paul David Tripp. What yeah. was the real, G, you know, the real? Oh problem no, yeah, that was Paul David Tripp. Oh, that, that was, was Paul David Tripp. Versus, that's yeah. The realness of sin. That was a good one. That too, was, yeah. yeah, and so that that's kind of what I, I I appreciated that quote a lot because <clears throat> it's really easy to get into cheap grace, and mm-hmm. and I we hear that 
in people's lives, it's like, okay, uh, I, I'll just pick on one thing because it's just, I heard it recently. Uh, men and women are living together outside of marriage, mm -hmm. uh, talking to them about that. And they're like, well, God loves us though. Mm. So, so the interpretation of that is we can keep doing what's wrong because mm. God loves us despite the fact that we're doing something wrong, which is not untrue. God does love you even if you're doing something wrong. But he, that doesn't, uh, that's why Paul wrestles with this say, whole thing in, in Romans. It's should like, I let sin abound so yeah, grace can yeah. be extra? <laughs> yeah. So it really is. I think that was, uh, I, I appreciated that quote talking about forgiveness is sin is serious. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And the point was too, that if you want to remind yourself of how serious it is, just how God dealt with it, that mm. the fact that yeah. the father had to send his son in Jesus had to die on our behalf, shed his blood. Yeah. Like that's how serious sin is yeah. in, in all of its. <clears throat> so, so let me connect one other thing uh, that I, I, again, I have people bring up time to time is there's this idea. And I don't know if Hollywood or, or Roman Catholicism or some combination thereof, they would say, when you die, you have to stand before ju God's judgment yeah. seat. And, mm -hmm. and there's this idea that, that it goes back to that, have you done more bad than good, yeah. et cetera. And, you know, we have to face all of our sinful lives when we stand before God one day. Yeah. And I'm like, where do you get that? Yeah. Where, where do you get that? Yeah. That That is not the picture of the end time. That is yeah. not the picture of your end time, you know, assuming you're, you know, one of us is called home before Jesus returns. But the idea of grace and forgiveness is when you die, you don't stand before God's judgment seat with him as a judge ready to slam a gavel on whether or not your life was good enough. Mm -hmm. He already slammed the gavel on Jesus. And, and so his righteousness is ours. And again, I think this is why the Apostle Paul, going back to Romans, wrestles with this because mm -hmm. he says God's <clears throat> grace is greater than our sin. Does that mean you sin more as you, Pastor Andy, you by just said? By no it? means. Yeah, by no means. No, no. So the impact of grace is I want to live as a child of God, but I can't do that perfectly. So I rest in the forgiveness of God. And so I thought yesterday you did a great job of just unpacking because I, I believe people struggle with that uh, uh, because I remember my sins, because there still might be guilt or shame. Mm -hmm. um, I, does that mean God still holds those things against me? And it's mm -hmm. like, no, no. And that was the difference between then which comes out in Psalm 32, it, where instead of hiding from God, mm -hmm. the, that David says, you know, yeah, I kept silent and it was just eating away at me. It was destroying me from the inside out. And then he turns to God, he confesses his sins, but he hides. God, mm -hmm. you are my hiding place. Yep. Uh, you protect me. Yep. And that's just a whole different way than to, yeah. to approach well, that. And right before he hides in God, um, he says, I confess my sins and you forgave the iniquity. Uh, in some translations, it says you forgave the guilt of my sins. And I think it's a, a, an interesting nuance because the sin itself is already forgiven, mm -hmm. but the guilt that we hold on to, the emotional side of sin, we carry with us. And so King David, I still think it doesn't attribute this to the, the sin with Bathsheba, but I, Psalm 51 does. But I, I still believe Psalm 32 is reflecting on that same thing. There. When he tried to carry it, tried to hide it, and Nathan had to come and approach him, God, it, he, he confessed, and then <clears throat> God says, I'll forgive the guilt 
of your sin, what you think mm-hmm. you need to carry mm-hmm. about the past acts you've done, I'm going to forgive that. And and so it to me was a reminder to David and a reminder to us when we confess our sins, God wraps his arms mm-hmm. around us and he says, "Let me remind you of what is already true. You're forgiven." Yeah. Yeah. It's already true, but you carry guilt, you carry, and, and sometimes that guilt turns to shame, which is the devil's tool. Guilt isn't bad. Guilt just means God's getting your attention. I, I, I want you to confess, so guilt's not a bad thing. But when guilt turns to shame, that's where Satan uses yeah. it. But anyway, so my, so my point is, Psalm 32 is a beautiful healing psalm of, yeah, you got a record, but it's been forgiven, but you keep trying to remember it. And Satan keeps reminding you of it. And then we're tempted to say, well, if I remember it, God remembers it. Mm. And if I'm still carrying the burden, then God must hold it against me. And he's like, no, no, you forgave the guilt of my sin. So I just think it's a neat yeah. nuance in, in Psalm 32. And I think I really love this sermon series and it's really brought up a great opportunity to raise up, you know, the grace, the love, now the forgiveness and you know, we've been operating really in a cool way and that, that law and gospel dichotomy. And it's really an incredible thing we have in our confessions that, that holding on to the understanding of law and gospel and trying to distinguish it because within what you're saying here, once we realize we are sinful, we live in a broken world and we can hold up that mirror and see that, you know, once we know that in a healthy way, and now we can go before God and confess our sins. Now we can read his word and we're prepared to hear the good news of the gospel. That's exactly where we should be operating, right? Um, there's a time and a place where we need to be reminded of that law. And it's like, oh, I, I really was pretty high on myself. And I needed to be reminded that, no, I too am still broken. Um, and I'm doing great. And, and God is, is, is pleased by that. But there's that time when we need to be reminded. But there's that time that that's... Not so we can be carrying around that heavy weight, but so that our eyes and ears are renewed to see and hear God's love, God's presence in our lives. And so I really feel like that's what we've gotten into a lot is preparing ourselves to see what God gives. And so there's been a law law portion that reminds us of our brokenness that now goes, wow, look at this grace, look at this love, now look at this forgiveness. And I'm really glad we've been able to do that in this sermon series. It's been fun. I know some have, as they work through this and and looking at other scriptures and thinking of our own lives too, is if we would just receive these gifts earlier on, like God's invitation to confess, like would, would relationships that are broken, you know, or, or marriages or whatever it might be, or sins we've made, I think, I think for example, like Cain and Abel. So if, if Cain had confessed Right, this this hatred in his heart, mm-hmm. and and let God work through that instead of keeping silent to that and sin knocking at the door. But he doesn't, and then sin just grabs a hold of that, and we know what happens yeah. next. Then with yeah. that, but my point is, if we would just accept these things sooner than later, um, well, would it save things that have been damaged? I um, think absolutely would. In your sermon yesterday, the the other thing that I wrote down and uh, I wrote it in the margin of my Bible is, and and I, I won't remember the words exactly, but close is when you keep silent, you you stuff mm. it, you bottle it, you yeah, you, yeah. you you mm-hmm. whatever. Remember, yep. you had three things: bury it, <clears throat> yep. bury it. So I couldn't agree more. If we practiced repentance, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about 
Um, Pastor Andy and I were talking about uh, basketball and his son playing basketball yesterday, and they they won the tournament yesterday. Ooh. So, congratulations! Uh, what's the name of their team? Uh, the Lincoln uh, Thunder. Okay, go yeah. Thunder. Well, Messiah All right. and Faith Lutheran kids. I thought you were going to say Lincoln Thugs. Could have been. They're pretty aggressive. <laughs> but but here's um, the thing: when's the best time to practice your your free throws and your mm-hmm. shots? It's 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 in practice when you're not in the middle of a game. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier there. It's a less stressful environment, everything. So I don't know if this translates really well as I think it through, but it might. <laughs> so here's the thing. If I practice repentance, and this word mm-hmm. break down a little bit, if I with with God, it's 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 simpler in the sense of it's invited. Yeah. God is is welcoming. That's what I was trying to get at. God wants me to repent. God invites me to. And if I get into a method mm-hmm. and a rhythm of repentance, yeah. Before God, maybe if I'm Cain, I I, I find it easier yeah. to to repent and even approach my brother yeah. rather than than murder him. Or if I'm you know struggling with with secret sins uh, instead of going off the deep end into an adulterous relationship yeah. or something like that. If I learn to repent, mm-hmm. I take the wind out of the sails mm-hmm. of evil. And I agree. I think relationships could be saved. Families could be saved if we learned how to repent in a healthy way. I think so. And, and Luther captured this so well, because obviously he was staring at how the, the Roman Catholic Church was was operating in confession. It was more of that judgment seat, and you had to make sure you enumerated for all of your sins. Right. And, I mean, it, it, as a human, you could hear that and go, man, how could I even? You know, And you just feel the weight of the sin rather than, why do we go to confess? So that we can hear the absolution. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, Luther talked about this all the time. The reason we go to confession is so that we can be reminded of our baptism mm-hmm. and what God gives in it. Yeah. And I mean, that's just it. It's if you look in confession as this like absolute painstaking process where you're sweating and, and having to relive the awfulness of yourself, that's not, not what it is. Yeah. It's not what God invites. It's actually a gift of forgiveness and it's tangible. So you can have it fully in your awareness right. and hear, right. and that's what we're not, we're not judges as a, as a pastor or, or when God hears you, he's not a judge. He's, he's there to remind you of your baptism and your forgiveness. Well, and that, that made me think right away of, of as Lutherans so often we look at, at other <laughs> denominations and a lot of times the Catholic church because of, of Luther and his, yep. his struggles with them and saying, well, confession, well, that's for them. That's for Catholics. They go to the priest, they confess, but confession is so even individual. Vital. It's so important yeah. whether you're confessing, you know, to your pastor or to your spouse yep. or to a friend or to, and, or just Come to clean. God, Come clean. just to, yeah. Cause, cause that's the Cain and Abel of, mm-hmm. of instead yeah. of just bottling it up and letting mm-hmm. it seed inside you, you're mm. you're admitting and confessing, Absolutely. and we, so that confession is so so important as Christians. And and I, I completely agree. And I think what we've done in the Lutheran Church, instead of saying come to a confessional, because mm-hmm. that becomes really feeling Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. people come in for pastoral guidance, yeah. uh, pastoral counseling. I, I use that term kind spiritual of care, because yeah. it's yeah, spiritual care is yeah. better counseling because we're not counselors. Uh, mm-hmm. But the point being. We call it different things, but I think in our experiences, as we sit down with people one-on-one, they need forgiveness. That, and so there's a repentance and forgiveness that happens there. But I, the, the thing that the Catholic Church does well is they put that into rhythms, and people expect it. Now, granted, the motivation's different, and we would not agree theologically, but 
the rhythm of it is helpful mm-hmm. if people get into that confessional rhythm. Mm-hmm. Used to be years ago in the Lutheran Church, you had to go to the pastor's parsonage the night before worship to to receive individual absolution mm-hmm. before coming to the Lord's table the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, bring a hot dish. And bring a, <laughs> a green jello yeah. salad. Right. And that's yeah. when the, in Minnesota, it works. Yeah, in Minnesota, that's the way it does. But no, but I, I think it's, it's it, part of those things are, we talk about Sabbath rhythm, we talk about rhythms of life, and I believe if we got into a more rhythmic confessional before God. And so I'm trying to salvage my, my illustration earlier. Yeah, so so, the, so well, I think you, you were saying that just making it a natural part of life. Right, right. So, yeah, and yeah. Before Hearing you get into the chaos yeah. of the game, yeah. before yeah, you yeah. get into the, 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 the tension with other human beings that are going to be bumping up against you, it's like I, I can practice with God because it's safe. Maybe that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. It's safe. Mm-hmm. Now, it may not be safe with people because they, they don't have to receive your, you know, confessions and things like that. But but I, I just think it's, you know, the forgiveness thing, and I think you just did an amazing job with it again yesterday, was helping people understand that you are loved. Mm-hmm. You're forgiven. It's That is your identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And today, with so much, we have so many connections and so little relationship. And people feel isolated. They feel alone. It's like you belong. You are loved. You are forgiven. So I, again, I, I think it, it just really did a great job. Of and I know I've already done this once, and it's paraphrasing, so it's quoting Andy Greer, not anyone else, but we forgive because he first forgave us. I mean, that's what really it is. It's yeah. we, we take that forgiveness he gives us and bring it into our lives and be more forgiving, and that's powerful. You know how many people forget that in Matthew five or six, the Lord's Prayer, six, six, right, Matthew mm-hmm. six. How many people read beyond what Jesus teaches in the prayer? It says, so if you don't forgive other people yeah. their sins, <laughs> your Father in heaven will not forgive you. And they, we, we often skip that because it takes explanation. It's not like if I ever withhold forgiveness, God's always going to hold withhold forgiveness from me. It means if I have an unforgiving heart, if that is who I am, I'm not going to seek forgiveness from God because I don't know what it even means. Because I, But if I know God's forgiveness, the natural progression then is for me to forgive others. And that takes a whole other thing of what is forgiveness. And, and I'll just wrap it up in this, is that I tell people forgiveness in its in most fundamental state, I won't seek revenge. I won't seek to cause you pain. So forgiveness isn't, oh, everything is okay. Let's sweep it under the rug and be okay. I mean, if Cain went up to Abel and was like, man, I really hate you, man. You know, your your offerings are acceptable. Mine aren't. It wasn't like, let's just act like it never happened. There would need to be relationship building. There would have to be a lot of things that happened. But forgiveness means I'm not going to get you back. And so when people understand that, even the most heinous of sins, if, if, if a spouse um, cheats on, their, uh, on, a, on a husband or wife, you can forgive. It's like, well, they don't deserve it. Well, no, no, no. I'm not asking them to deserve it. I'm just saying you're going to give up the right, so to speak, to get them back. Well, okay, I can do that. I'm not going to go get them back. Okay, we still have a lot of work to do to repair this relationship, but understand it starts with I am giving up the right for revenge. Then we can move into some healthy ways. And that's so God says when he forgives us in Christ, I'm not seeking revenge. Revenge would be your eternal separation. Right. 
I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that's an important point. So I think we've, um, we've explored that God gave grace, grace upon grace, grace that doesn't look away, but grace that looks at us and sees the good work of Jesus. We've explored God's gift of love, for God so loved the world. He gave his only son. Um, it leads to forgiveness, and then the result is, I think, where we're going next, eternal life. Am I up? I think you're supposed to. So, yeah. yeah, what's next? What's next? Is that Christmas Eve? And it's Christmas Eve. Christmas Jesus. Eve, yeah. We're going to look at uh, God gave eternity. Mm. And uh, just just looking at the um, the result of the plan of salvation fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And, and uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think people come to worship. And uh, granted, we get a lot of guests. We get a lot of, you know, a lot of family, extended family and stuff. And they just need to hear the story. Mm. They need to hear the story of Jesus being born for them. Um, what I'll try to, what I probably won't do is I'm probably not going to connect a lot of dots to the last weeks because I can't assume yeah, everybody's yeah. been there. You know, well, yeah. Andy said last week and, and Dustin <laughs> no, said the week, no. you know, last week because it's like, okay, this, I'm, I'm in worship this day. Yeah. And so that doesn't mean I didn't appreciate every, cause I, it's been just a great series and mm-hmm. a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but I think people just need to hear the yeah. story again. Are you going to start in Genesis and get the whole I'm story? Gonna do, yeah, I'm going to do Genesis to Revelation, <laughs> buddy. Is, footnote here, footnote yeah, here. We're yeah, going to flip back and forth. Just open up your Bibles. Ping pong. This is not Genesis. hard to find. It's the first page. Page uh, one. Page one, Genesis. No, I, but I, I do, you know, this is, this is an image I've used many, many years, but I, I, it just doesn't ever get old. Um, is, and, and I even said it, I think it was at the funeral I, uh, we did on Friday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you look into the manger, you look beyond oh, the manger to the cross yeah. of Calvary, oh. and you look beyond the cross yeah. to the empty tomb of Easter. It, it, so and I, I, I said to my Advent buddy, um, that was uh, Sarah Ernst Meyer, and we were doing that. I said, you know, how did I, I said, Christmas without Easter, no, Easter is impossible without Christmas, and Christmas is pointless without Easter, mm-hmm. and and so they they just go together. They, oh. That's absolutely essential for the whole plan of salvation, and the result is eternity. But the other thing is, eternity is something we're living out now. Mm-hmm. It's not a wait until that's a good point we are yeah. living out our now imperfect as paul says in first corinthians 13 now but dimly we see in a mirror uh, or now we know in part but the point is um we are living it out and mm-hmm. that that lends itself to that we don't stand before a judgment seat yeah. one yeah. day to wonder whether or not we earn mm-hmm. eternity you're living out your gift of eternity when you pass through the gate of earthly death it is, it is a, like in Revelation when it says there's no more tears, no more pain, no more crying. Mm-hmm. You know, we pass from this veil of tears into the perfection of heaven. Mm-hmm. But eternity is in our, we're living it. Mm-hmm. We're living it. And so I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful truth. For sure. Well, you'd asked earlier, you know, just where that misunderstanding comes from of viewing judgment. And I think it's a misunderstanding of, of Jesus. And, and that gift and what that means. Because mm-hmm. uh, he changes, he changes. If it wasn't for Jesus, then that that yeah. narrative would be, yeah, true, would be true, but yes. Jesus changes Jesus all of that. Jesus changes so. it all. Jesus changed the course of history and he changes every one of us in it, mm-hmm. in that history. So it's going to be exciting. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, uh, we have our last Advent worship this Wednesday. We have, uh, again, our school kids helping out with our music 
And I think Pastor Andy has a message. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. I'm going to try and give a first message with bells going off all around me. It'll there be you go. Cold. You did great right. last week with candy cane wrappers. <laughs> that yeah. won't be distracting at all. Yeah, really. Uh, I'm going to train all week. I'm going to some... are surrounded by bells. Which yeah, would yeah. you choose? I'm going to yeah. practice with bells going off. So. Right. There you go. Very good. Very good. So, yeah, it'll be exciting. We have a great couple of weeks where we're oh, yeah. out of the yep. office. Yeah. Yep. So we've got, uh, because Sunday, we've got uh, Christmas Eve services, 1, 3, 5, and 7. And then Monday is Christmas Day, which we do have 9.30 worship, but we won't be coming together for Sermon Extra for on Christmas Day. I'm, I think I'll rather worship and then be with my family. We'll zoom it yeah. in. And so. you guys, yeah, right. <laughs> and then the, the following week with uh, with uh, New Year's Eve, which is a really crazy, I Googled that, New Year's Eve can be interpreted as the evening before New Year's or the entire day before mm-hmm. New Year's. We're going with day. We're going with the day yeah. Yeah. because we're doing our New Year's Eve services at our normal Sunday morning times, 8, 9, 30, and 11. Mm-hmm. And then that Monday when we'd normally do mm-hmm. our sermon extra is New Year's Day and we have the day off. And so a couple mm-hmm. weeks off from sermon extra, but not any weeks off from worshiping. Yep. And we're going to go God. into a new sermon series that oh. everybody can look forward to. I think it's going to be another exciting series, uh, mm-hmm. Matters of the Heart. Yep. And each week we'll have like a different yeah, word. The things that matter to God that are meant to matter to us too. And yep. eternity is part of that. Relationships yep. is a part of that. Generosity, all those. So if you turn it, can I just redo the message from Easter then? Uh, no, I'm, on Christmas I'm Eve preaching for, that one. Oh, you're so preaching that one. I'm so getting my correct all my, all my problems. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be you, watching him closely. Yeah. But that'll take us all the way up to, um, I think, to uh, Ash... Not yeah, Ash Wednesday. I think that mm-hmm. takes us January into f- beginning of February, which is Valentine's Day. Yes, which Ash is Valentine's Day. Day. Valentine's All right, let's not talk about that anymore. Everybody's guys. confused. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> just focus. I don't, focus wanna, I don't want to go there yet. We've got this week ahead of <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, I don't want to go. It's rather important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So very good. Thanks for coming together uh, yes. today, and uh, we look forward to recording again in a few weeks in the new year. Oh, 2024. 2024. We'll see you next year. Yeah, <laughs> see you next year.